0: You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chapel and Dave Griffiths. Inside and outside the Fox 59 CBS4 podcast studio, this is the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Dave Griffiths, joined virtually by Mike Chappell and Joe Hopkins. Perhaps one day in the near future, we'll have more Colts-centered on-the-field news to get to on a Super Bowl week. Unfortunately, not this week. Still a lot going on in the offseason as well. Some horseshoe updates, some coaching changes. Uh, We'll get into big NFL news, of course, this weekend with the Hall of Fame coming out, NFL Awards, and the Super Bowl itself between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But we will kick off this show with the news of the week for the Colts. And in addition to the coaching staff, as the Colts start to remake that staff after uh, more than just one or two, uh, I'd say a, a solid handful of of coaches left this offseason. Uh, but they're adding Kevin Mawai, a Hall of Fame offensive lineman, was part of the class of 2019, had a 16-year career in the NFL, was a six-time All-Pro. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with Kevin Mawai, he did most of his damage in his career with the New York Jets um mike was in the room of course as a hall of fame voter when all the discussions were going on whether mawai would make the cut or not and uh obviously he he made it and there was a vast majority of people in that room who thought that he was deserving of a hall of famer mike i'd assume that you were probably one of them because i mean i i am he, he was one of the best linemen of his generation and i i assume that um there was a healthy amount of respect among all the pro football hall of famers for what Mawai had been able to accomplish in his playing career, but now we get to see what he can accomplish as a coach.
1: Yeah, it's one of those where it, it it's you look at the depth of the of the of the resume and he checked all the boxes. I mean, he, he just did everything. He was a he, he block, was it a block for was it ten thousand yard rushers? He did it he did it for three franchises, two positions. I think he started at guard and then he went to center. And uh what's gonna be interesting is he walks in immediately in the Colts' room and it's do as I say and as I did. So I think the Colts value uh, hands on experience. Go back to when they, you know, Robert Mathis said they've really valued him. They've had Reggie Wayne come in from time to time as, 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 during training camp. So they really value guys who, when they stand up in front of their room, people say, this guy, you know, Tom Rathman. I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of these guys. They value guys who can stand up and say, do it this way because it worked elsewhere
0: yeah Joe I don't know if we had a uh, Tom Rathman in last week's show either but yeah he's uh, as Mike said just someone that would be in, in the exact same vein a former player who had a who had tremendous amount of success in his career Rathman won a uh, Super Bowls with the 49ers and so Moai steps in as a guy who should immediately uh, have the respect uh, of the players not that you you would expect them to you know, be, be hard on the new guy, but it's really difficult to be hard on the new guy when he comes in with a gold jacket on.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I mean, this is a guy who, growing up as a kid playing Madden, was consistently one of the highest rated offensive linemen in the NFL. So he did it at a high level for a long time, and I'm sure he has a lot of tips and tricks that he can teach to an already very good offensive line.
0: Colts special teams assistant Frank Ross has been hired by the Houston Texans as their special teams coordinator. So there's another member of the Colts coaching staff, albeit a couple rungs further down on the coaching staff than we were talking about last week, who will not be with the franchise next year. Uh, On the players' side, teams right now are working their way up to a 90-man roster, which is what it can be in the offseason. So players are signing reserve future contracts. And the Colts on Monday announced that – they have a quarterback on the roster, or going to, in a reserve future contract, who is no longer just Jacob Eason, signing quarterback Jalen Morton to a reserve future deal. Also, wide receiver J.J. Nelson, who's appeared in several games in the NFL. I think notably with the Cardinals, he was with them for a year or two, um, had a, a, a week or two of fantasy relevance. I'm sure Joe had him somewhere in his his rankings here or there before one season or another. But um, Morton, as a... A guy who was signed by Green Bay as an undrafted free agent in April, was in their offseason program, was in their training camp. Um, uh, Mike, what what stuck out to me about Morton was, at least physically, he's very much in the Jacob Eason mold. He's a big guy. He's a strong guy. I, I don't know if there's a, a specific type, quote-unquote, that Chris Ballard likes. But, I mean, even Jacoby Brissett's that type of quarterback. He's big and he's strong. He's not the small guy who's quick. He's, he's not the Kyler Murray. Of course... Kyler Murray's more difficult to find the, than your average quarterback. To be fair, but um, if there is a quote-unquote type of quarterback that Chris Ballard likes, maybe he's showing his hand a little bit. He likes the guys who are big, the, the six-five, six-six quarterbacks who are uh, who who can who can maybe take a hit and and keep moving around because Morton certainly is is in that type of mold.
1: Yeah, you like to the, 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 they like the size. You like some mobility in your quarterback, not necessarily Lamar Lamar Jackson mobility, but the but the, the opportunity to kind of extend plays. And I think what we've seen too is they love the big arm. They love the big, strong arm. I remember going back and we talked to Philip Rivers during uh, September, I think it was, about Jacob and He said, Man, he said, he's making throws I cannot make. Uh, so they, 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 want to, they, they want to have the physical tools, and then they figure they can work the other, maybe some on the intangibles. But this is a time of year where they, they've probably signed 20 guys to future contracts. This is where you're trying to – you're right, you're filling out the roster. They won't fill it out to 90 because you need, you know, seven draft picks. And, Rookies. Yeah, well, yeah and, and, and 10 or 12 undrafted guys. But they're just trying to find – can you hit on a couple guys? And if you do, you're, you're, you're that much further down the road because you've got to find these guys who, well, to be quite blunt, they're young and they're cheap. So you want to get guys early in their career, maybe maybe hit on a couple of guys, and then it just helps your roster that much more.
0: It was also reported on Tuesday that the Colts worked out former Raiders and Cowboys defensive lineman David Irving. Irving spent some time with Matt Eberflus in Dallas before Eberflus made his way up to Indy here to be defensive coordinator. Uh, Irving had seven sacks back in 2017 uh, before uh, a bout with substance abuse uh, derailed his career. He quit football famously on Instagram Live. Uh, he was opposed to the NFL's marijuana policy, but just re- uh, reinstated last year, played a couple games. So, Joe, this is very much a, a-, a flyer on someone who has seen success in the past and uh, see if he can, uh, I guess, rekindle that fire under perhaps a familiar face. And Matt Eberflew is kind of leading him there.
2: Yeah, I'll use the cliche "kick the tires." I'm sure the Colts are going to check him out. They obviously know that you know th- three of their defensive ends are free agents, and Muhammad, Houston, and. Uh, oh, Autry, thank you, Autry, Nico Autry. So they're checking him out. This is a guy who eberflus has some familiarity with, and you know it doesn't hurt anything. So this would be a nice rotational piece for Indianapolis if they decide uh, that he's worth it.
0: One more piece of news from the week. The Bears have hired former Colts safety Mike Adams as an assistant defensive backs coach. Uh, Mike from from our times in the locker room uh, talking to to pops. This is uh, not a surprise to me that he's getting into coaching. he He has that type of uh, he has that type of mind and he also has the uh, ability to to earn the respect of other guys in his locker room. He was always viewed as a leader. I think he's a guy that Chris Ballard singled out. After last year, as the type of guy that the defense was missing, a type of leader like like Mike Adams, and um, so so he's gonna he's gonna join the Bears now. Um, I I I'd assume because I, I think it's a good fit. I would assume you think the same.
1: Yeah, he was. A, you're talking about presence and does a guy belong in the locker room, and that's just the locker room, not on the field. What he had two or three Pro, Pro Bowls when he was here. He had his probably his best years here, and people need to remember he was signed as an afterthought. He was signed in like June like in or July. June they had, they had like three or four safeties out, and, and he went on to have uh, really the, the best year of his career. But in the locker room, you could just tell he had that presence, well-spoken. Now, he had some BS in him, as, as most of the good guys do. But he was a guy you always thought out in the locker room about what's going on. He, he had the temperature of the team, the pulse of the team. So I think he, he's a great guy to, to bring in and work with young players. And uh, we'll see where his career goes. But uh, he's one of those guys, he and uh, a Darius Butler type of player. I think they can do wonders in locker rooms.
0: All right. So now we go into the topic of discussion of the Colts. That will be the topic of discussion until a starting quarterback is on this roster, because right now a starting quarterback is not on this roster. And the topic, of course, is who will starting quarterback be? Um, and, Joe, I know you put another uh, a couple of different uh, guys before him, but I, it, it would be I, I have to start with Andrew Luck just just because uh, that that's that's where so many discussions went, seem to you're start. Go, you're going there, aren't you? You're going I, there, aren't you? I, I, I'm all in. I'm all in. No, I'm definitely not all in. But the uh, the Andrew Luck is coming back. Rumors have, have reared their ugly head once again on Twitter with a, an, an alleged text chain that said uh, Andrew had a meeting with Jimmy with the Colts. Uh, and he really wants to play he he misses it so much yeah okay I'll, I'll i'll believe it when i see it i i do not think that andrew luck is coming back i don't know maybe i'm just being a negative nelly do you guys do you guys uh give any credence to this at all I-
2: I'm not gonna let Andrew Luck play with my emotions and my heart like that anymore. I'm not right. gonna believe. I don't care if he unretires. I'm not gonna believe it till he takes an actual snap in a regular season game. Because we've seen training camp and preseason doesn't necessarily mean that much. He could still decide he doesn't want to do this anymore. So I, I'm just not putting any any weight into this whatsoever until September rolls around and he's taking snaps from Ryan Kelly.
1: There was a time in training camp, one of his training camps, where it was when he would grow his beard. He, he had his beard and he had a bushy hair, sort of. And from afar, he's just kind of walking. And somebody posted a picture side-by-side side of Luck and uh, Bigfoot. Mm. A picture a picture of Bigfoot. And I tell you, they look a lot alike from the distance as far as how they walked. And until I see Luck from my own eyes, I think he's Bigfoot. And is, is there a chance he comes back? perhaps but 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 this if if i didn't dive too far into this source of a source of a source but when you're like three people removed from the source and that's that's the good and the bad about twitter is you can get things out there but it's unsubstantiated said who well i said said my mailman who who was dropping off letters down the street and they said this and once it's out there if you're not careful it's 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 been reported that. Well, no, it's not been reported that. It's right. been said. Yeah. And there's a difference. So, you know, it's like, I'll give you one, without diving too far into this, to the the way that I've always had to do my job is, it, it, you know, we found out in, in after the fact that, that Luck had hurt his shoulder in a snowboarding accident. And it's a fact. Well, at the time, a lot of us knew it. I think he did this before he signed his last contract with the Colts. And we knew about it. You know, I, I had a player tell me, but but it was so far off the record that you, in our profession, you just can't throw stuff against the wall and say, you know, I've heard that. No, we have to have it sourced to where even if I keep the name silent, uh, you have to trust what you're doing. And that's not the way Twitter is. It's not the way a lot of these social media sites are. They just throw stuff out there. And if they're right, you know, it, 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 they're, they're stars. If they're not, people forget about it and you move on. But until the Colts get their quarterback thing settled, and it may be the end of April at the draft, all this stuff's going to come up. And it it didn't help when Jim Ursay came out, and he didn't leave the door open. He left the door open with a, you're welcome back anytime you want to come sign on the door. So as long as that goes on, it's going to get out there. And it's just the world we live in. And until there's a starting quarterback here not named Andrew Luck, his name's going to keep coming up.
0: And I, I do want to add one thing to this discussion before we really move on. And, uh, Mike, I, I love your point about the difference between, like, Twitter journalism and actual journalism. And, and we can do an entire podcast series on that, which I don't think our viewers would be very uh, very keen toward. I would love it because uh, I'm a sports journalist. But nevertheless, like, the one, one thing that just stuck out to me about this this whole, will Andrew Luck come back, will he not come back, What um, was a tweet from Robert Mathis, actually, and Rob said something to the extent of, how about all those fans in the stands who were booing him, uh, send him a uh, an apology note, and then that'll be a good start toward bringing him back. And look, I, I, I need to come at this with, with, a, with a posture of complete respect toward Robert Mathis for what he has done in his career. It, and, and he has done incredible things, and he might be in the discussion for the Hall of Fame someday. He will be in at least in the discussion for the Hall of Fame someday but i completely disagree with him and i think i've said so on the show before about about the booing andrew luck thing if you retire 2 weeks before the regular season then you're going to get booed like that it, the colts fans who booed andrew luck owe him no apology at all if anything andrew luck old, old coach old's coat if anything if i can talk andrew luck would owe the Colts fans an apology if he comes back, saying, I'm sorry I left you so close to the season. But I don't think he does. Like I said if anything. I do not think Andrew Luck owes the fans an apology because he made a decision that is for himself and for his life and for his well-being. I'm saying if there was one way or another, that's the way I would lean. But I'm not saying he does. Let me let me be perfectly clear there. But I also need to be perfectly clear that, the, that Colts fans do not owe Andrew Luck an apology for booing him. Just couple weeks before the season when when he quit when he decided no i'm not doing this anymore so so let's get that completely out of there if he ever comes back that's going to have to be addressed if he ever comes back the question is going to be asked andrew how can colts fans trust you that you're going to be here next week and then the week after that well why why do do we trust you that if you play five weeks you're going to play six because you can't right now because he showed in that time that he was not trustworthy to (laughs) a season to fulfill his contract because he felt something different he felt he needed to retire for his own personal benefit for his own personal health and I'm not trying to criticize him openly for that I'm just trying to lay out the facts of the situation so I mean so so if you're a Colts fan out there who, who booed Andrew Luck and then somebody's saying well it's your fault that he's not coming back because he's just He's upset that the fans are that fans didn't like it. Well, it's not your fault at all. That, that's that that's that kid that's that if 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 he is upset then he shouldn't be I, now I'm going to, now I'm going off and and I shouldn't I shouldn't go, I'm going way too far than, than, than I intended to but if, I don't know maybe it's the Philly fan in me that thinks booing is always okay but I just think I just I hate to bring this up again and I think it's so stupid that that people still think that uh, fans might need to apologize to Andrew Luck for booing him in a very very reasonable situation to be booed
1: Two, two things, that, and then and, and I'll try to get out of the rabbit hole, too. They, they booed him in the fourth quarter, walk on off after the fourth quarter of that game, of a preseason game. My question is how many of those fans were actually Colts fans that hung around, and they were probably lathered up pretty good with adult beverages. So maybe they were Bear fans. I don't know. But it wasn't a, 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 a high volume. Now, the volume was high, but it wasn't a high volume of, of fans, probably not hardcore fans, probably. but And I don't the fan base doesn't need my defense also one thing at some point that'll have to be i agree with you about why should we trust you now i think that's that's gonna be one of the first couple questions if of course he comes back which is not happening but gosh (laughs) but 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 my point is at what point is it unrealistic for him to come back how many years if you're away from the game are you are have you been away too long so there's a lot of this but I'm just afraid that the way social media is, it, it's it's going to be there until it's not there, and it's going to be you know it's not going to be there until the team says no. And if I'm not mistaken, he had two or three years left on his contract, and I, I wish I had I was more schooled on on how this works. His contract tolls it told the minute he retired, so unless I'm mistaken, if he had three years left on his, two year, three years left on his contract, the day he comes back, he's got two or three years left to the Colts. It's not like he can, I don't think he can wait three years and and when that contract would have expired, he's a free agent. I think if he ever comes back, he owes the Colts whatever he, owed oh, the Colts, the Colts. But, God damn, we just wasted, not wasted, we, we, we just went down <laughs> a rabbit hole for five minutes and if we're not careful, we, we can do it every week, but that's that's where we are with this
0: again on something that's that's not going to happen joe you, you brought you it. At, you started, I it you started you started
1: this i have no one to
0: blame yeah, but myself
2: joe <laughs> i can wrap this up with two quick things One, if Andrew Luck isn't coming back because a few fans booed him, that tells you that he shouldn't come back because that's a terrible, petty reason not to play football. And I don't think
0: that is, but yes, you're correct.
2: Yeah, Uh, and second of all, I like how Mike just compared uh, Andrew Luck to a mythical creature. I think I'm going to start doing that. The Colts' Bigfoot has been spotted once again. Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, whatever you call it. I like that. I'm going to start rolling
1: with it.
0: So which mythical creature will suit up for the Colts under center? We will, we will see the answer to that question.
1: At, at the way things if, are, if, if, if somebody put a gun to your head right now, who was a Colts starter in September? Could, could you make an educated guess?
0: It would have to be Jacoby Brissett uh, just because he's the guy who has been here. And out, out of all the other options, I, I just don't know. None of the free agents who will be free agents are all that appealing to me. So I can't just say, "Oh, here's who they're going to trade for, or who's who, here's who they're going to draft." So, so that that's but, that's what I would have
1: to do.
2: By that question, I don't think me or you would be here anymore, Mike. Based off of the chances we put that Matthew Stafford was a Colt last week,
1: right? <laughs> it, it, it's just, but now what's going to happen is now that Stafford is no longer an option, it'll go to Plan B, which will be Carson Wentz. So it, it, it's amazing how this is going to go from quarterback to quarterback and. We'll get here, and you know, at the end of or beginning of April before the draft, and maybe Sam Darnold's here. May, may, you know, who, who knows where this goes because you don't know the you don't know your options. You know, I, I, I'm convinced the Colts had an interest in Matt Stafford until they saw what the price was. That that's ridiculous to get that kind of package for Matthew Stafford, even though I think he he was a guy I'd love to have seen here. Not at that cost.
0: Yeah, let's let's break that down a little bit. The Lions agreed to trade Matthew Stafford to the Rams for quarterback Jared Goff and uh, 2022 and 2023 first-round picks, as well as a third-round pick in this coming draft, this 2021 draft. Um, so... Yeah. Joe, you mentioned uh, the chances that you and Mike gave for Stafford to be here. Uh, That did not happen. I think I said, what did I say? 42% or something. So at least I had the majority. Uh, uh, You said
2: 42. I said 55. I think Mike had like 75. So we were... We were not too happy Saturday when that news came through. Yeah,
0: and here's the deal. Albert Breer reported the Colts discussed uh, packages of picks and players, but never actually wound up offering their first-round pick, their 21st overall pick. And that kind of surprised me, guys. I figured if you want to go get Matthew Stafford, you're going to have to offer that first-round pick. So if that was never even in the picture, then I don't know how serious Chris Ballard really was, honestly. Of course, it depends on the package that he's sending, like the player package, if if Quentin Nelson's part of the player package, then obviously he's very serious, but I, I don't think that that's who it was. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I I don't think Chris Ballard was really all in on getting Matthew Stafford just from, from what Breer had to say and what other teams uh, had to, uh, had to include in, in, in their offers that, 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 that was my takeaway from, it really was a great article from Albert Breer. I, I, I linked to it on my Twitter a little while ago. I'm at Dave G underscore sports. You can follow me, follow us as a group at, Colts Blue Zone, Mike Chapel is at M Chapel fifty one. Joe Hopkins is at Roto Street Joe. But uh, nevertheless, uh, Albert does a, a weekly one every every week. A Monday morning quarterback article that article that really outlined uh, how the um, how the Lions went by their trade of Matthew Stafford and uh, just touched on what the Colts uh, had to offer because that that's all the Colts warranted in this. They they were not a major player in in the uh, discussions for Matthew Stafford. They were not among the contenders. It seems like once everybody gave the, the the lines, their options, the Colts were almost immediately off the table. And and like Mike said, it's probably because of the cost that other teams were offering more. So Joe, I, I think it, when you, when you come away from this, if you're a Colts fan, you got to know that th- this was, it, even if this was Ballard's plan, a maybe that's just because it was the first thing on the, on the table. He was not ride or die with Matthew Stafford. He was not, we need to bring this guy in here or we're in trouble or else he would have had to have offered more, don't you think?
2: Yeah, and I mean, that report, it could have been his first offer. You know, you start low in negotiations. He puts out an offer. The Lions go, well, so-and-so has already offered us this. And then Ballard could have been, well, we're out then because we're not even going to approach that. I mean, there's no way the Colts could have competed with Goff two for future first round picks and a third round pick. That's just not possible for the way the Colts are built right now. So, you know, Ballard might have had a lot of interest until he saw what it was going to take to win the bidding for Matthew Stafford.
0: And after Stafford is gone now, there are other options. Uh, one of them is probably not going to be Matt Ryan, though, As the NFL uh, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero reported on Tuesday that Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are not expected to be traded. Uh, the Falcons have had no trade conversations for either player, according to Pelissero. again. And uh, Ryan in particular would cost the Falcons over forty four million dollars in dead cap money toward the twenty twenty one cap if he were to be traded before June 1st. So that's that's quite a large sum of uh of dead cap money right there uh I mean that's even bigger than the Carson Wentz dead cap figure um so my I the the Falcons would really really want to see him gone uh in order to to trade Matt Ryan away and especially this year Mike when the cap restrictions are going to be a little bit tighter than usual years just because of the uh, decrease in revenue due to the COVID-19 pandemic so I I think we can maybe not completely cross Matt Ryan off the list, but we've got our Sharpie and it's uncorked and it's just sitting right by his name. It, it, it would take, it would take a mammoth uh, change of heart, I think to, to see Matt Ryan in the Colts uniform.
1: Or, or maybe in any in other uniform. I mean, what happens? Does I mean, that change yeah. though? If, if the Falcons, if the Falcons take a quarterback, where they at four in, in the draft. Yeah. If they take a quarterback at four, that that's the guy you think can step in and play I would think. Does that change your, your thoughts? Uh, again, the dead money is a factor. It just has to be because, you know, the, 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 the cap's not going to be $200 million or more that, that, that you anticipate. It's going to be about 180, million, $185 million. And it, it it's funny how teams, the good teams always find a way to make the cap work. But generally, that means kicking money down the road. You're always pushing money into the future. Well, at some point, you have to pay. You know, New Orleans is going to find out with Drew Brees. Uh I saw they're a hundred million dollars over the cap, hundred million dollars, uh, and it's going to take some some maneuvering to to get under just to get under. So at least a Colts are in good situation there. So, like, like like Joe said, I I think, or you mentioned that you know Matthew Stafford was probably Plan A because he was the only plan out there. Right. In the next in the next few weeks before free agency, we're going to find out. I think who was it? Uh, somebody's doing another ten million dollar. Uh, roster bonus before him, the, the middle Wentz of March, maybe it was let Wentz, do that. Wince, okay, and, you know, and obviously Philly would like if if they're going to move moving him, they'd like to have the, his new team pay that. So, you know, and the Wentz is going to draw breath and, and grab legs because of Frank uh, Frank Reich's presence and the fact the Colts need they'll you know, need a quarterback. But but then with Sirianni there, you know, so we'll, we'll see. We just don't know. That's the whole thing. It, it's fun to speculate and all that, but. You know, again, we, we could be here sitting at the end of April with a quarterback taken in, let's say, at the end of the first round or the second round, and Sam Darnold. How about Marcus Mariota? How about, you know, Andy Dalton to, to help? It, it's we, we have no idea, uh, which is it, it's great to speculate on, but it would be nice to have some make educated guesses on some of these, and you can't because you don't know what's out there. I, I saw – a report today that the that the Eagles have are getting trade conversations, trade discussions with other teams for Wentz. So we'll see where that goes. That 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 makes the most sense now that Stafford's out. But we talk. We've talked about this before. Carson Wentz right now is broken, if not physically, then mentally. And how how convinced are you that you could fix the guy?
0: So Carson Wentz is one option, and Mike is. Uh... Mike is poo-pooing him uh, all over the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Uh, Perhaps a name that we have not discussed too much that might be in trade discussions as well is Derek Carr. On Tuesday, the Las Vegas Review-Journal reported that multiple NFL sources indicate that Derek Carr is a hot commodity and it is expected that multiple teams will pursue him via trade. That could lead to the Raiders pursuing Deshaun Watson in a trade. So whether that would be a direct trade between the Raiders and the Texans to swap Carr for Watson and then throw a bunch of picks in there as well. Or if a third team needs to come in to grease the skids and uh, include some more picks to the Texans, if they're more pick heavy, if they don't want Derek Carr to come into the shadow of David Carr's failure in Houston. Don't know exactly how that would play out with the folks down there um i think they might be a little bit more attuned I, re- I remember that was a thing mike when uh when Derek carr was originally coming out of college and uh the texans i think needed a quarterback too that same year or they were thinking about maybe taking a quarterback and there was just no way they could take Derek carr because because he was david carr's brother They they might be more inclined to do that now because he has had a pretty successful nfl career during his time but uh but nevertheless um, this is that I think this is a new name that we should certainly discuss and and any discussion begins with whether he's available and whether he's available. That comes down to, of course, whether John Gruden wants uh, wants to really kind of um, put his mark on the roster in, in Vegas and, and get someone else out there. And if he could get Watson, I'm, I'm sure he would, man. And uh, it's it's but it's going to take a ton. It's going to take a ton not just Carr, but Picks. And probably not just Picks, but maybe other, other players as well. It, it's, it would be a massive deal, but it, it, as long as Derek Carr's name is out there, I think this is going to be an interesting thing that the Colts and Colts fans should, uh, should be intrigued by as well. Because when you look at the quarterbacks who are available right now, whether it's Derek Carr, Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold, that you might think are all available via trade, Carr had the best twenty twenty. He probably also had the best 2019. Um, I think that you could put Carson Wentz up in there for 2019, but that, maybe that's a discussion for another time. Um, so I think, I think including Carr in a discussion is, is very um, – is, is deserved, and I think it's very interesting, Mike. So where did you come down when you heard, that, uh, when you heard this report and when you look at some of the things the Carr has been able to do in his career?
1: We talked about Derek Carr last year. 'Cause there was talk that, that Gruden might want to get away from him last year. What what did the Raiders go this year? Seven and nine, six and ten, whatever it was. So maybe he feels that they've gotten all they can eight and with, eight this uh, year. with Derek Carr. What's that? Eight and eight this year. But they were two okay. and six so, at home. So, so they were the, two and six at home, yeah. Right. So I I've always liked Derek Carr. I, I think he's a he, he he can make the plays, he's got some mobility. Uh, I think he's a very, very good player and we mentioned that. so I you know if I could go after him, i I would again, his cap numbers are what 19 million and 19 million roughly for the next two years. that that's real that's very, very uh cheap for for a top end quarterback. I did see a, a note from John McClain with with the Houston Chronicle who knows all things Texans. I thought he said that that it would take was it two ones, two twos? Maybe a three and two defensive players. Yep. So you know, if you, if you do that, keep in mind that that when you bring in bring in the quarterback, you, you're kind of getting rid of some players. So uh, if someone could could do that, I you know, I could, Ballard's never going to do that. He'd never give up that much and get your team to get that player as great as Watson is. But I'm if Houston finally gives in and decides they can't bring him back because he doesn't want to be there, and he may actually hold out. I think I saw his agent said that he wouldn't be there for any of the offseason stuff. Uh, someone will pay. Someone will pay what it costs because it is so hard to get a top three, top four quarterback. We've talked, and if I'm starting a franchise today with quarterbacks at their age, Deshaun Watson's probably my second quarter, the second player I take. Mm-hmm behind Mahomes, so someone somewhere will pay whatever it costs to get Deshaun Watson if he's available
0: Joe what do you think about uh about Derek Carr I I, when I look at him I think you also have to look at his contract and and you made some great notes here that um if whatever team acquires him they get two years and about 40 million dollars and none of that money is guaranteed so if he bombs in year one you can cut him and you don't have a year two really to hit anything with the cap I think Carr that just adds to to the intrigue of any team that might want to uh might want to see if he could fit there.
2: Yeah, I think at, at this point, currently, you know, we don't know how realistic these trade discussions are, right. but I would say Derek Carr is maybe the best option for the Colts quarterback position out there. I would certainly put him above Wentz, and I don't think the drop off from Stafford to Carr is that drastic. I do think Stafford's a better talent, but I think Carr's a very good quarterback who, I mean, at this point in his career, might be able to give you more than what Phillip Rivers gave you last year. So I would love it for the Colts. I think Derek Carr would make them contenders, contenders for the Super Bowl, as long as they can continue to put pieces around him. You know, there's other question marks on the roster, but this is overall very good roster. If you drop Derek Carr in, I think the Colts are right up there with the top teams in the AFC. Yeah.
0: I, I still what like. What would Carson you think it would take to ahead. get him?
2: Get Carr? what would you think it would take to get Derek Carr? I would think definitely a first round pick at least. Maybe a first-rounder and Bobby Okereke on that Raiders team. They could use a linebacker or something like that.
0: I think if you – yeah,
2: go go ahead, Mike.
1: I saw something where, where somebody said that if, if the Colts had traded for Stafford, they would have included like uh, – was it Julian Blackman? Which that was – I can't see Ballard getting away, giving away that type of a talent. But, again, to, to get a quality quarterback and if a player is involved – uh, you've got to give up something. You can't give up, you know, George Odom, to throw out a name, a a Pro, a pro Bowl or, or an All Pro special teams player. You've got to give up a, a starter. It, it, but but maybe maybe it wouldn't take a player. Maybe maybe a, a one and and something else. I don't know. But as long as you know, as long as there are teams, plural involved, in any trade talk, the price goes up. It just does.
0: What yeah. uh, I don't know if it's the one that you um, you're referring to, Mike, but it's something that I, at least I put out on Twitter, and that was it was a mock draft done by subscribers to NFL Draft Scout uh, and Matt Miller. Uh, is that his name, Matt Miller? I think he, he's a yeah. he's a really That's good. Right. He does really good work. So if if anyone's criticizing Matt for. For what I'm about to say, don't, because this is a subscriber mock. But the, the ridiculous trade was to have the Colts give up their first round pick this year, their first round pick next year, and Julian Blackman to move up to 10th in the draft this year and take Mac Jones. And and, and I tweeted it out saying that, yeah, if, if the Colts do this, if the Colts trade two picks and a player, two first round picks and a player to go up and get Mac Jones, I'll print out this tweet and eat it which i will how would
2: you do it maybe a little butter a little salt and butter a little hot sauce on there get some hot sauce (laughs)
0: like eli manning i put that ish on everything (laughs) so yeah it would it it would go down really nice and smooth which it's not going to because it's not going to happen but uh, joe just to circle back to your question what they would have to give up to to get Derek carr i i think if you i think if you Give up a first-round pick and Bobby Okereke or even a first and a second for Derek Carr. That's that's great because he's your quarterback. I mean, there's a big difference between a quarterback and and a linebacker. And there's a big difference between a uh, a quarterback who's proven himself in the league and a potential first-round pick down to 21, which you can do a lot with 21. And this Colts team has holes, man. They need a left tackle. They need it badly. They they need to shore up cornerback. And make sure that they have some protection on the outside of their defense. They need a uh, pass rusher, uh, whether that's going to be bringing back one or two of the guys we mentioned earlier Autry, Houston, uh, Al Qaddin Muhammad, or going elsewhere in free agency or in the draft. So so when you give up that first round pick, you're giving up something. Like Mike said, you, you can't just give up uh, a George Odom, who, albeit is an, is an all pro special teams player. Like you need to give up something of substance to get something of substance. So if you want Derek Carr, you're going to need to give up something of substance. So if you give up a first round and a second round pick, great. I say great. Go for it. Pull the trigger now. Um, but I, I think, I think if, if the Raiders want to trade Carr, I think that they're, they're, their plan A, to, to use that language again, is to get Deshaun Watson back. So if they're, I think they're going to be in discussions with the Texans for as long as they possibly can be. Um, and that could be a discussion that goes on for a while. Because there, there's no, there's no thing like the ten million dollar roster bonus that Carson Wentz has due to him in mid March. That is kind of a deadline for these things. Um, Like Watson is probably going to try to sit out. Well, he did not actually. His agent, I think, has said he denies anything that uh, there was a report that Watson, like, said that he was going to sit out all of the offseason, all of training camp, and then Watson's agent said he never told the Texans that. So and what, whatever, anyway like there's there's no like i said there's no there's no wall there that you can see in your future saying hey we can't go past here we've got to trade before this point so um so that might be something that you you know go go ahead mike that goes against the Colts that there's yeah, no it, certain it, it, and when and
1: when it and when it comes back to you know any trade that, that involves players whether it's an Oak or a, you know Nahim Hines i mean where what what is your your grunt level to give up a player Something maybe for a, uh, I don't want get too much into this now, but it, for a different for an sh- upcoming show is we all agree that th- this this roster is pr- is close to being ready to really contend for something. That it well the problem is it needs players at the f- four most important positions: quarterback, left tackle, pass rush, and cornerback. So yeah, yeah, I love this roster. I, I but but what I love about it is spots eight through 53, you know, and you can, you can throw a receiver in there. So at the four or five most important positions, it's not ready to compete. Uh, You know, we'll see where they are in May or June. So to to give up players, you know, player or players, it just sets you back that much more. Uh, And what they do at quarterback, let's say they've got to go first round for a quarterback. Well, now you can't use a first round pick for a left tackle. So everything, I, I go back. To every everything influences everything else. Go back to, to, uh, to Force Buckner last year and, and how you had to take him, or with that trade, it just impacts whatever else you do. If Costanzo had retired last year, Buckner probably isn't here because that's where that first round pick goes for. So uh, I, I sort of wish we had a peek into what the, what what they want to do. How many of these quarterbacks do they like in the draft? I think to, to trade up to ten to get uh Mac Jones I I don't think you need to move up that high to get him right to begin with so but uh they would have to really 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 like a guy to do that and to give up two first round picks and move up to 10 I would question who's making the calls because I know it won't be Chris Ballard
0: yeah hard pass there that's the uh the old uh Jay Gruden quote about Daniel Snyder he comes off his yacht and makes the pick uh do you see that that was hilarious <laughs>
1: And that, that's when you that's when Houston, you have a problem yeah. is when you have that, when you have that kind of, I don't want to say, you wish it was absentee ownership. It's, it, it's, it's a meddling ownership and that gets you beat.
0: And, and thankfully Jim Irsay isn't that type of a, isn't that type of an owner for his, uh, for his successes and failures in the past. I think that. Uh, he he's a guy that uh, a general manager and coach really like to play for because he's 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 willing to open the pocketbook. He's willing to go after guys, and Chris Ballard's the one who who's telling the owner now, "Whoa!" Instead of and Jim Irsay is the one saying "Giddy up" in the background, and so it, it, it's a unique, I think, r- relationship. Perhaps uh, maybe there's a bunch of others throughout the league, but that's certain certainly one of them that is more uh, more friendly to uh, to the guy in that role of, of shaping the roster. So. The Pro Football Hall of Fame will reveal its class of 2021 on Saturday during the honor show broadcast in central Indiana on CBS4. That starts at 9 o'clock Eastern Saturday night. Colts legends Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne are finalists for this year's class. When they are in try next year, they will will join 2020 member uh, Edger and James. Manning is 100%. If If Peyton Manning is not a Hall of Famer, then Mike Chappell will print out this rundown and eat it. Uh, but Reggie Wayne is probably more so, more so in question. Um, and Mike, of course, was in the room during the discussion or in the, on the Zoom during the discussion. Let's be specific this year, how things go. Um, and, and it would be imprudent and impractical of me to ask Mike to, to give us uh, Reggie Wayne's chances this year, I think, to, to get in the hall just because he has sworn to secrecy and we don't want uh, you to sacrifice your credibility with, uh, with the Pro Football or or, my, or Or my spot on,
1: this, exactly. on the list. Exactly. We
0: want to keep you there. Let's keep Mike up there, especially as more Colts are coming over the next couple of years for discussion into the Hall of Fame. But um, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I, I'm sure that Peyton will be among the people walking across that stage and we can say that with with 100 certainty without uh, without mike giving up his integrity on the pro football hall of fame panel but uh it, it, it's about time and it was it was a time that we saw coming as soon as manning retired years ago but but it'll be it'll be a night certainly to celebrate for the manning family and and next year whether wayne is in or not with both manning and uh And Edge going in, Mike, it's going to be a great great, uh, day for Colts fans when they both make it into the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I talked to Jim Ursay during the week, and he does kind of – because, you know, it's a foregone conclusion that Peyton will make it. I mean, he he just will. So, uh, you know, and Jimmy said, but can you imagine if if the COVID has been, you know, put in its place and we can have gatherings in Canton? He says, can you imagine the Colts uh, party – in Canton that first or second week of August and uh, again with Edgerin going in for the class of 2020 and in Peyton and then if Reggie not this year then next year and you know we've got Freeney coming up, we've got Mathis coming up, we've got Adam Vinatieri coming up so I think what this does it really showcases how special the Colts teams of the 2000s were. It wasn't just Peyton it was a bunch of players a bunch of personalities with Dungey and Pulley and so uh, but that, that time in August, uh, ne- next next August in Canton, is going to be pretty special.
0: Yeah, P- Peyton Manning was the high tide that raised all boats around him. But that, that doesn't mean some of those other boats were battleships, too, who, who were quite dangerous in, in their own right. So, um, so that, that'll be a great show. Like I said, 9 o'clock Eastern on CBS4, if you're watching in central Indiana, Saturday night during the NFL Honors Show. And plenty more honors will be announced. It's not just the Hall of Fame show um NFL awards such as the MVP last Colts winner of the uh, NFL MVP was Peyton Manning back in 2009 um predictions for 2020 uh Joe we'll start with you uh, I think all of us will probably be in agreement here but who who do you think is the uh NFL MVP for the year 2020
2: this has been my guy since like halfway through the season it's Aaron Rodgers I mean 48 touchdown passes Dude, we're to not five all. interceptions well,
0: maybe. yeah okay okay keep going keep, keep going
2: Uh, How can you play better than that? 48 TDs, five interceptions. I think he had one or two running it in as well. Um, And you look at his offense, he had a good O'Lan, he had Devontae Adams. But after that, it's a bunch of average players at best. And I don't mean to poo-poo on those players of Valdez Scantling and Alan Lazard and Bob Tunyon. Uh, former Indiana State player Big
0: shot Bob Tunyon.
2: <laughs> that's right. Who is a restricted free agent this upcoming offseason. But I just think what Aaron Rodgers did with what he had ar- around him was amazing. I know people are used to it from Aaron Rodgers, but I think he deserves the M V P. Okay,
0: Mike, what do you think about the Lee M V P this year?
1: Oh, I think Rodgers. Mm-hmm. There will be there'll be a push for Mahomes, but but I, I just think it's Rodgers. and uh, that's another one we didn't we didn't talk much about it, what happens to him, but but no I think Rogers has had that kind of year that MVP, most valuable player, who who meant to most of their team, uh, I would argue it was Rodgers.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not going to go down the Rogers rabbit hole just yet. Let's let's save that for next week's podcast. I, I don't know, I, it'll I, still be there. I, yeah, exactly. That I I just I find it hard to to believe that they're not going to work it out. Like the like the GM of the Packers said, "Are are we idiots?" Like we're not idiots. Like, he, he's going to be there. We're not the Houston Texans. Yeah, yeah. He should have said that. We're not the Texans. Come on, man. But uh, but anyway, um, yeah. I I was going to make the case for Mahomes, um, but but I think there is a better case to be made, honestly, for um for Rodgers, and. And so I, so I won't even try. I, I think that doesn't take away from what Mahomes accomplished this year. He was great. 38 touchdowns, 4,700 yards. But uh, but Rodgers Rogers really did stand out. So let's give our MVP prediction to, uh, to Aaron Rodgers. How about coach of the year? Last Colts winner was Bruce Arians back in 2012, filling in admirably, more than admirably, for uh, Chuck Pagano. Uh, in 2020, there's certainly a lot of great coaching uh, jobs done across the league. I think my pick would be Sean McDermott in Buffalo and what he was able to accomplish with uh, with Josh Allen in particular. A lot of credit around that coaching staff, but uh, for the Bills to win the AFC East championship and to uh, to see the maturation and the progress that Allen made and see the progress that Bills team made, honestly, from one year to the next was impressive to me. So I, I'd lean towards Sean McDermott. Mike, what do you think?
1: Same. You beat me to it. I'd, I'd mm-hmm. take McDermott too, although, you know, why is Andy Reid not considered like a front runner? Uh, uh, it's like it's like a, it's assumed he's got the best talent, which he does. But sometimes it's tough. It's it's not that easy to coach the the great talent. He's gotten the most out of it. You always expect him to win. I think McDermott probably gets it, but I, I just think it's it's strange that the, that the team that the coach of the best team and the Chiefs of the best team. So, you know how many times did Belichick get coach of the year? Not very often. So I would I wouldn't mind seeing Andy Reid get it, but I'm I'm betting Sean McDermott gets it.
2: What do you think, Joe? I have a uh, Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns. He took mm-hmm. a six and ten team, yep. brought him to eleven and five. They made the playoffs for the first time in twenty plus years. Um, completely changed the trajectory of Baker Mayfield's career. I mean, last year at this time, we're going, oh boy, this first overall pick might be a bust. Now at least he seems like a solid starting quarterback at very least a lot of personalities on that team between baker odell beckham uh just a- uh, miles garrett so I-, I think he took a team and got the most out of them. got them in the playoffs and the sky's the limit for cleveland moving forward
0: both would be very deserving uh I-, I think for sure offensive player of the year um if it doesn't go to aaron Rodgers, uh joe who do you think or would you put rogers in that in that spot
2: I would actually give it to Derrick Henry. Uh, Mm -hmm. 2,000 rushing yards, 17 rushing touchdowns. I mean, he was just a monster. The Colts clearly couldn't stop him. Very few teams could. Uh, I don't think any team really stopped him until they got to the playoffs and faced the Ravens. Um, But I I thought Derrick Henry had a terrific, terrific 2020 season.
1: Mike, what do you think? I would say Henry or uh, Devontae Adams of the Packers. He Mm -hmm. He was unguardable. Uh, so so either one I'd be fine with, and I could argue either one of them strongly. But I might go for Adams because he just had an off-the-charts receiving season. Yeah. You, you could make an
0: argument, I think, for Josh Allen here for Offensive Player of the Year, too, just because he had an incredibly productive season. But uh, I, I think it's hard not to give it to the 2,000-yard rusher in um, in Derrick Henry. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll lean toward Henry there for Offensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year, the last Colts winner was Bob Sanders back in 2007. Um, if this goes to anyone but Aaron Donald, they should just rename it the Aaron Donald Defensive Player of the Year uh, Award, to be honest. Uh, he, another terrific season for Donald, 13 and a half sacks. Uh, there's a pro football reference stat that's uh, approximate value, where they try to assign a number, which is foolish in some senses, trying to compare all players to, uh, to, how, to how valuable they are, but, but Donald did lead them this season in approximate value. And only like 20 players all time in the all-time pro football reference rankings had ever gotten a better approximate value than than Aaron Donald did this year. He, he had a great year. So if anybody gets this other than Donald, I would be stunned. But uh, do either of you guys have any argument for any other defensive player, defensive player of the year?
2: I don't. I do. Um, oh, see, Joe. <laughs> oh. I think there's going to be some Aaron Donald fatigue Kind of like how there has been in the past with LeBron James. I mean, he honestly should probably have the MVP award every year. But defensive Player of the Year, I got T.J. Watt. He led the NFL in sacks and tackles for a loss. He also uh, batted away seven passes and got an interception on the year. He as well as a very uh, special player coming off the edge of that Pittsburgh defense. So I think people are uh, uh, going to give it to Watt just to mix things up a little bit because he's also very deserving.
0: It certainly is is a factor, and I'm glad you brought it up. Then, because people do get, get tired of giving the same person the award over and over. So, so thank you for bringing up T.J. Watt, Offensive Rookie of the Year. The Lats Colts winner was Edran James back in 1999. I mean, I would love to say that. Uh, wait, did I saw that somebody already won? It was Justin Herbert won a Offensive Rookie of the Year award. It was the Pepsi. Award. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like this official from the NFL or the AP, whoever gives out these awards, um, but but yeah, I think it, to to it, Justin Herbert had a great year. Uh, Justin Jefferson with the um, what's it called? Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. Yes, had a, he had a great year, and of course uh, Jonathan Taylor for the Colts all had great seasons. Um, and Taylor here in India is very much appreciated, but I would be surprised once again, if it's not the quarterback who gets this nod in spite of Justin Jefferson had a tremendous season, he had a very productive year at wide receiver, but I think her, I think Herbert gets it just cause he's the quarterback, uh, and kind of gets a little bit more of the spotlight. Any argument for either of the other two that you want to share, Joe?
2: Uh, no, I agree. I mean, he set the new. Record for passing touchdowns as a rookie with thirty-one, just ten interceptions. I mean that that's fantastic. So Herbert deserves it.
1: Yeah. Mike, I, I, if I had a vote, I might I might go for Jefferson. Fourteen hundred yards for a rookie is pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, but I, but I'm not going to argue and, and and get on a hill and and argue against uh, Herbert.
0: Yeah. This is the Associated Press, by the way. Defensive uh, these all these awards, so that I was just I was like ninety eight percent sure, but wanted to confirm it. There. Correct. Defensive Rookie of the Year. The last Colts winner was Darius Leonard back in twenty eighteen. All the way back in twenty eighteen, um, the Maniac had a tremendous season. Um, any predictions for twenty twenty, Joe? We'll start with you.
2: I got Chase Young. I mean, he he was just great for that Washington defense. Seven and a half sacks, which doesn't jump off to you. But for a rookie, in his first year is pretty good, and he was very disruptive as a run defender as well. Got a lot of pressure, so I think Chase Young was the best player.
0: He was a guy that seemed like he improved throughout the year as well. I have a couple friends who are in the media out in uh, in Washington, and they just as the year went on, it just seemed like you would tweet so much more about him. You know that he would show up just a little bit more. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Jeremy Chin, local guy, Fisher's kid with the Carolina Panthers. Had a great year. But uh, but Mike, I don't think that anybody's going to topple Chase Young from that top spot.
1: No, and and, and he, he he came through and played well with all the with all the attention on him. So uh, no, I, I think that's a that's a good choice, probably a very safe choice, smart choice too.
0: Okay, comeback player of the year, last winner for the Colts, a young man by the name of uh, Andrew Luck, also in twenty eighteen. Just saying, Andrew Luck could win that award again if he wants to. <laughs> so it, it, it's out there for you, Andrew, if, uh, if you make one or two uh, decisions. Uh, j- just saying that. But uh, in 2020, guys, uh, I don't think – like if there's any award that there is no debate over, Alex Smith, quarterback for the Washington football team, is going to win the Comeback Player of the Year award because of everything he has had to go through, nearly losing his life uh, from a horrific leg injury and to be able to back, be back on the field playing again and uh, winning again with Washington was, was absolutely remarkable.
1: He, he won the award as soon as he stepped on the field. Yeah. Uh, again, he not only almost lost his leg, he almost lost his life. So this is, this is another one of those, that you don't overthink it, give it to Alex Smith. He was 5-1 and one as a starter, Joe.
0: 5-1 and one with Washington. Yeah, now, he, like I didn't even I didn't even realize that until I did a little bit of digging on this. Like he he had a really really productive year.
2: Yeah, he didn't just year, come quote, back uh, from a tremendous injury as like a medical feat. He accomplished real football feats on the field as well. Five and one, and man, if he had been able to play and be healthy in that playoff game, where uh, who was it? Taylor Heineke. Put up a gave the Bucks a run for their money. You know who knows if the Bucks would be in the Super Bowl right now? Probably would. But Alex Smith deserves this award hands down, and shame on anyone who doesn't think so. Any ideas for the Walter
0: Payton Man of the Year award? Um, I I, I honestly I I can't talk about this very um, educationally, if that's a word, or uh, with a lot of background, just because I don't know what people across the league have have accomplished here and they do a lot of off the field stuff so each like individual market knows their individual guys so well i mean the year that jj watt uh did so much with the the hurricanes in houston i think he was kind of the shoe-in for this award but um i don't know joe if you've looked into this at all since you put this on the on the page at all who you might think could be a good candidate for the walter payton nfl man of the year award this year
2: I looked into it a little bit, and it is a on-field and off-field award. Uh, of course. So, so part of that, I think Mike Evans has a great shot to get it on the field. He passed Randy Moss this year as the first player in league history to begin his career with seven straight 1,000-yard seasons. That's pretty impressive. And then off the field, he he did a lot, uh, quite a bit, actually. Um, he pledged $100,000 to the Mike Evans Family Foundation to support the United Way and provide aid uh, to his hometown of Galveston, Texas, uh, when the coronavirus pandemic hit. He also raised money for the World Health Organization through a Twitch stream, uh, bonded with a child with terminal cancer, and helped support his family, and many more things. So Mike Evans did a lot on and off the field, so he's the guy who, if I had to put money on, I'd pick him. Mike, anything to add there before we move on to the Super Bowl?
1: No, and this is one of those that if if you're the 32nd best guy on this list, you're still damn good. Because all these guys have impeccable uh, credentials and what they do in the community, they make impacts. Now I, but I couldn't, but I couldn't really give you a strong endorsement of anyone above anyone else.
0: The NFL says the official attendance at Raymond James Stadium for Super Bowl Fifty Five will be twenty five thousand fans and thirty thousand cutouts. Thank you for specifying there. <laughs> Former Colts in the Super Bowl include the Bucks coaching staff of Bruce Arians, Tom Moore, Clyde Christensen, and also offensive lineman Joe Haig. The Chiefs don't have any, but as Joe points out, at least they don't have Tom Brady. They uh, they don't have Tom Brady on their roster. So, do you root for the former Colts and Tom Brady, or do you root for the Kansas City Chiefs if they're Colts fans? Chiefs Buccaneers, Joe, who you got in this game between uh, Mahomes looking for his back-to-back Super Bowl championship, or Tom Brady looking for a seventh title?
2: I think this will be a great game. I think the Buccaneers have the better defense. The Chiefs have the better offense. But I think at the end of the day, Mahomes and that offense are just too hard to stop. I have the Chiefs.
1: Mike. Yeah, the, when it comes right down to it, the the Chiefs have the guy who will make the play when it matters. And that's not to dismiss Brady at all. But and and to, well, I think I saw. I think all of Mahomes' losses have been by one possession. I think it is in his career. Uh, no you, you go with the the best player the best quarterback and right now that's mahomes
0: i would have to agree with both of you guys i don't i don't make a habit of betting even with mike Chappell's money uh for, Good for uh, you. Uh, yeah yeah <laughs> against either of these quarterbacks so i will not be betting on this super bowl at all because like i said i don't bet against tom brady i don't bet against patrick mahomes so it's just it's a weird weird spot for uh, for many people, I think, who are in the same situation. But uh, I-, I hope it's a great game and, and I think it will be. So uh, looking forward to it. Uh, our Chris Hagen for Fox 59 CBS 4 is down in Tampa covering the Super Bowl for for us and for 190 stations across the country as well. So wishing Chris well to, uh, to keep doing uh, all those uh, 100 hits a day, it seems like, for all these stations and uh, and keep killing it down there. So uh, we, uh, we encourage you to, to check out Chris's work and uh, continue to follow us on Twitter, at Colts Blue Zone, throughout the week, to keep you updated on the Colts news and notes throughout the week. And we'll be back here next week with another Blue Zone podcast, which you can download and subscribe, get us delivered to your podcast listening device as soon as it drops, usually Thursday afternoons. And we'll have a lot more horseshoe banter to talk to you next week after the Super Bowl is in the past. And who knows? Maybe we can get into that Aaron Rodgers uh, for the future Colts quarterback uh, down the road. Or maybe we'll know whether Andrew Luck had a meeting with uh, Jimmy with the Colts uh, by then. We'll see. We'll see. But we do thank you for listening to this Colts Blue Zone podcast, and we'll see you next week.